theyeshiva.net. Welcome everybody. We're up to Dafyud Bey's column two. In the middle of the page, Yud Bey's column two. Around 10 or 15 lines from the top, the line starts with Svartim Lechem Gabichagashvus in very small words, a small font. That's really, after the words Velechei Nikre Bezoya Michla Demeim Nusa. The next line starts with Svartim Lechem Gabichagashvus. You see, it's a very small font. Daf Yud Beis, column two. So, this is a very, very deep mimer. It's, uh, it's a Malchin Da'abadik mimer. Uh, I know some of you were here at every shir, some of you were not. It's kedai to listen if you have time. Okay, it's kedai because it's a, it's, it's a profound mimer and each, each piece builds on the previous one. If you have a chance to listen, to review it, because this is not, uh, this is deep stuff. And this mimer revolves around these two dynamics of meichen de ab and meichen de ime, Shabbos and Yamtif, Simcha and Oineg, Nohar and Eden, Olam Haba and Atzmos, Chachma and Bina, Metzius and Bittel, Simcha Hana and Bittel of Hana, Bittel of Hasaga, a place of Maila and Mata, Ila and Olu, and a place where Maila and Mata are identical. And not only the darkness is like light, but the light is like darkness. Hayesh Hashem Bekirbeinu Im Oyen, I'm just repeating all the different terms that we use in the Maimer. If it's an Indian of Ayesh Hashem Bekirbeinu, or it's an Indian of Ayin, if it's about the Yesh, something, or Ayin, which is the cessation of a thing in the absolute truth that's beyond the thing, or, as we put it a little bit in different terminology and contemporary, it's uh, the difference between... Uh, the light of all the objects that emit light and black holes. So that's why on the yeshiva.net, the title for yesterday's class is Black Holes, Cats, and the Revolution of the Baal Shem Tov. I thought that was the best, uh, most appropriate title. Black Holes, Cats, and the Revolution of the Baal Shem Tov. Because we spoke about cats too. <laughs> about how much they understand. There's an expression in Yiddish, a cat's cooked of the Levana, right? Like a cat looks at the moon. Okay. And the Nekuda in all of it is uh, that <coughs> Yom Tif is always the day of Simcha. He has given us Moyadim for Simcha. The objective of all holidays is joy. Rebbeinu Shalom wants people to be happy, to be joyous. That's the purpose of all the mayadim, simcha. Now simcha is not a pashita thing, because when you try very hard to be happy, it doesn't always work. Happiness is like almost a byproduct of life. You know, when somebody says, okay, now I'm going to be happy. <laughs> so he wants us all week not to be happy? Huh? No, the opposite. <laughs> Yom Tov is the climax of, of, of the whole avoida. Yeah. What's the greatest happiness? The greatest happiness is always you meet your best friend who you haven't seen in your whole life. You come back home. Or another example, you come back home to your most essential place. 
there's a full harmony between all aspects of yourself, between who you really are and who you think you are, between your reality and your true reality, your outer reality, your inner reality. So he says, Anyam Tev, every neshama ultimately has the opportunity, it's invited back home. Its father, its mother says, come, I want to be with you. I want to be one with you. I want you to be able to go out of being a weasel, a chulda who lives in the bottom of the homes, in the hiding place. And I want you to fully, fully embrace your ultimate identity, your ultimate potential, your ideal self. That's the opportunity, the energy that exists every single Yom Tif, where every soul, every neshama is invited to travel up the ladder from Mata, from where sometimes in the, during the week we're enmeshed, we're entangled, we're, we're stressed out. And Yom Tif is that opportunity of uh, the Alul reuniting with the Ila, as he puts it, or the child from captivity coming back to its <coughs> Tati and Mami, and there's a tremendous sense, sense of joy. Which means Yom Tif, just like Shabbos, Yom Tif is an opportunity. It's a very deep opportunity. <coughs> and it should never be squandered because these are unique moments in time that are designated for a soul to be able to really be one with itself. We often get distracted by the kugel and we don't realize the yomtif, right? We get distracted by the externalities, by the external stuff. And you don't realize the true inner opportunity that exists in a yomtif. How much of this do we feel, do we experience? That's every person according to his shear. But the knowledge of it, the awareness of it already changes the dynamics. That's always the first step the knowledge, the awareness, the humility. When somebody knows how distant they are from something, they're already close to it. When somebody doesn't know how distant they are from something, they'll never be close to it, because they think they're there. When you know the distance, there's already perspective, there's already a relationship. When you don't know the distance, when everything is one big challenge, then then there's no, uh, no real connection, because it's just hallucination. That's why the awareness, the understanding of this, the Alter Rebbe had Messir Snefesh, to be able to explain Teres HaBal Shem Tev, why? Because without it, it's just one greater challenge, Madregis and Yeshuas and Moivsim and Nisim and Kugel and Chalapsus and wealth and money and Kavid and Madregis and God and me and Ego and Yetzahare, Yetzatoiv, Mashiach, Medgalos, huh? Klippis, Metzvidis, Metoilimus, Metatzilis, Metkesses, a gates, a flitz, a hack. Okay, yeah. And a person can easily, can easily deceive themselves. A person could live in that web and you deceive yourself. When one actually learns a lot about this, you could feel on one hand distant from it. But on the other hand, that itself creates a closeness. Because the person can appreciate closeness always comes from understanding the truth. The moment already I understand the truth, there's already a closeness, there's already a relationship. And then within that, of course, there's deeper and deeper growth. So all of Simcha is connected, the Simcha of Yom Tif is connected to this type of ability for deep, deep connection. 
that wherever the soul and the body were throughout the whole year and the whole week, Yom Tov is that invitation and that empowerment and that embrace to be completely united with one's source. Each neshama, each soul, which means to, in in a practical way, it means that the person can ultimately align themselves with their ultimate core and have a true dveikus, true intimacy with their deepest self, which means with Hashem, with God. And whenever we're in that place, obviously our relationships around the table with our families, with our children, with our grandchildren, with our spouses are always in a different place. Because whenever, I mean, I should say this, it's maybe obvious, but maybe it's not obvious. And that is, the moment you operate from a place of oneness with yourself, your relationship with everybody around you is completely different. Because you're there fully. And whenever you're there fully, other people can also be there fully. When I'm with my children and I'm half distracted and I'm not real, it's not authentic. And a lot of my responses are just based on guilt and my own pressure and my obligation to educate them so that at least they're not a disappointment the way I was a disappointment to whoever the person we're dealing with is, then there's something very flawed in the relationship. It's broken. It's fragmented. But when the person's, when the person is completely one, when all your pieces are one, when your puzzle comes together, when you're aligned, then your relationship is one from full presence, full awareness, and never from a place of brokenness and anger and guilt and frustration and annoyance and trying to shortcuts and short-circuit everything. From a place of wholeness, integration, a holistic relationship, and ability to be able to understand that God is here right now. As I said last week, God will never be found in expectations. He will always be found in reality. Yet so many of us feel that they only find God in expectations. If only my house would look like this, and only my Seder looks like this, there I'll find God. But God doesn't exist in expectations, because expectations are not reality. (laughs) They're my my fantasies. God always exists in reality, here, now. Who I am, where I am, I could find that Nakuda. And Yom Tif, it's emphasized where the Allah could find that Elah and embrace itself fully, which means embrace its Dvekas fully, embrace Hashem fully, and therefore embrace your reality fully. Because that's where you find the truth, that's where you find the meaning, and the first reality you embrace is the reality of your environment, your, the closest people to you. But... Shabbos and Yom Tov are not two divorced realities. Even though we spoke here two completely different realities, they're never completely different. Because Chachma and Bin in the Two inseparable friends. Inseparable friends means that Bina always has to feed off Chachma. Real Moich in the Ime, as he puts it, is never about uh, the Tainug and the Hanav from Adover Nifrit, from the separation. Those are distractions. The Hanah of Bina, the Simcha of Bina that we keep on speaking about, the Simcha of Yom Tif, which is very different than Shabbos. Shabbos is the sound of silence. Shabbos is Bikushi Yitiru Ladaber B'Shabbos. Bikushi Yitiru Ladaber. Because what Shabbos, to do justice to Shabbos is only through silence. 
The real avoid of Shabbos is silence. The words of the words on Shabbos are a distraction to Shabbos. <laughs> the closest thing you can get to silence is singing. But generally, the avoid of Shabbos, he explains, is shtick, is, is, is silence. And you see it also in, 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 in Malacha. The most biggest focus in Hilchis Shabbos is what you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. <laughs> right? With details and details and details. If you ever learned Masechta Shabbos or Shulchan Aruch Hilchis Shabbos, well, it's pretty daunting. The Shvusim with the Shvusim with the Gzaydas, you may come to do this. There's the Lamatas Malachas Menatayra, but each of the Malacha has many, many Tuldas, and each of the Tuldas has so many different rabbinic dimensions to it. The most famous ones would, of course, be concepts like Muktzah, which are basically rabbinic. But they define Hilchah Shabbos in such minute detail. You know, and somebody once asked me, I said, God really cares about these, like, if I move a hammer? And I, I mean, like, you're an intelligent person. He says, you're an intelligent person. You think he really cares about this? <laughs> This is one of the biggest challenges, even for the greatest scientists. Albert Einstein could not relate to the childlike God. Right. 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 So black holes, they're very excited about. Because the, 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 the diameter of the black hole is 25 billion miles. Thus is Gidet. Right? And it's 55 million light years away. But the truth, of course, is that Legabe infinity, 25 billion miles and two centimeters. <laughs> this El Bazach. If two, huh? Exactly. That's the cat and, 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 and my teacher, yeah, and me, yeah. Two centimeters is not any smaller than 25 billion miles or 55 million light years away. In other words, for infinity, both are equally insignificant. And if one is significant because he chose it, the other one may be equally significant, the more powerful significant. So the sheer of a revius, which according to the B'chaim is three ounces, right? And you have to drink, the Gemara says that on the, you have to drink ruboy de kois on Pesach, which Taisvis means you have to drink most of a revius, or the Rishayim de Ramban says you have to drink most of the cup, or all of the cup, is as of, of equal concern. But you see that the whole focus of Shabbos is not to do this and not to do that and not to do that. Now, in life, it becomes a challenge when all of Shabbos is what you're not allowed to do. Right? Because if it's only negative and not positive, it's not exciting. It's not something people want to gravitate to. But the Oymika Inyan is that that's really what defines Shabbos. What defines Shabbos is the absence, the silence the silence of the ego, the silence of any expression of egotism, even in its highest sense, that's the keli, that's what, that's the avoid of Shabbos. The avoid of Shabbos is the absence, standing in absence, in a state of bitl hasaga. On Yom Tif you see there's one malacha that's mutter. In Parshas Boy, it says by Pesach, right? Achkol, asheye asa lechol nefesh, it's called Meleches Eichel Nefesh. A Meleche, for eating, you're allowed to do on Shabbos. And Menatayda, at least according to most Paiskim, you're allowed to do everything that entails preparation for food. Anything. 
even though the Chachamim said things you could do before you shouldn't. For example, harvesting grain. Harvesting grain, you could do Erev Yomtev. You don't have to harvest grain on Yomtev. So things that you don't do Erev Yomtev, so according to many Poiskim, is Asr, some of them only in Medina Bonn, even that you can do. There's a debate about it in Masech Tebetza. But what's the point? The point is, when it comes certainly cooking, we cook on Yamtif. What's the idea of Eichel Nefesh? Eichel Nefesh is that which you could digest. That which you're going to enjoy. Eichel is a source of Hanah. What is Eichel Nefesh spiritually? Food for the soul. Food for the soul you make on Yamtif, Not Shabbos. Shabbos le'initen le'hanaz boy. So it's quite funny because, I don't know, funny, interesting. Most people, when they describe Shabbos, it's all about Hanah and Hanah and Hanah and more food and more food and Tayamea and more Chala and more Kugel and more Herring and more spear ribs and more liver and more Tzishmeta Te'eir and more mayonnaise and more sugar. And for carrot, they look at it, they say, L'Shem Shabbos Kodesh and Ganeidin and L'Shem Yichud and Tainug and this is Ganeidin, Ganeidin and Ganeidin. Yeah. Huh? Now, the Rebbe says here, one word on Shabbos, he says, Lo'initin lehonez boy. Because that's really the ultimate That's the ultimate oinig is, Lo'initin lehonez boy. That's the ultimate oinig. The silence, the bitl hasaga, which is deeper than Olam Haba. Olam Haba is lahanchil oya v'yesh. Lo'initin lehonez boy. So some of us think, but who could relate to this? The answer is just by learning about it already you relate to it. Because the neshama is very deep. The neshama knows this instinctively. The neshama is connected to Meichin the Abba, the neshama is connected to Meichin the Imma. Your learning about it is already a connection. Every person experiences it in their way according to their share, according to their middah. This is not... Uh, you always have to be honest with yourself. It's extremely important to be honest with yourself. But the knowledge about it already changes 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 a person's paradigm. You know, when you you look up and you see the infinity of the universe, you're already a different person, even if you're not there. So the but the kavana is not that Shabbos and Yom Tif are disconnected. Yom Tif is mikra kaidish. What's mikra kaidish? It's the calling of holiness. Shabbos is kaidish. It's called the shmartim as Shabbos ki kaidish he he kaidish. Yom Tif is a mikra kaidish. So you call out to Kaddish, like you call your friend by his name. Do you have your friend? Do you have your whole friend? We have his name. And the name is a gilui, it's a gilui of your friend, what he calls Nehida Abba, or the Ha'ara of Abba, Ray of Abba. And every Yomtev introduces a ray of Moichin the Abba into Moichin the Imma. Usually it's through the davening, through the Musaf, through Halal. Pesach, he says, especially through Matzah. Because what is matzah? Matzah is michle de mehimnus, the bread of faith. What does it mean, bread of faith? We explained there's a muna that's lower than das, and there's a muna that's higher than das. And the two should never be confused. A muna that's lower than das is a muna that you call blind. You don't think, so you believe. I don't want to think. And here's the rule in life. The rule in life is... That whenever I can understand something, but instead of understanding, I just say, I believe. That's not what real amun is. You could call it intellectual laziness. The true function of amunah is beyond das, not below das. It's not here 
in order to sell a person, <laughs> don't use your mind, don't use your brain, you have a fahakta brain anyway, just shut it out. Shut it down, destroy it if you can. Khalila. The Muna is not here to replace Das, to replace Seichel. Seichel is a gift of God. The whole Gemara you learn, it's all you use your mind. All of the Chachamim, all of the Chazal, the way they understood Torah was through their mind. Great minds, sometimes godly minds, but minds. That's why there's Machlaikas and there's debates. If they wouldn't be using their mind, there wouldn't be debates. Allah there's no debate usually, according to the Rambam at least. So, the mind is a sacred thing, it's a divine gift. Never ever put down a mind, never underestimate the value of a mind, and never feel that to be Jewish you have to uh, minimize your mind. On the contrary, you want to flex its muscles ad infinitum and seize its gift, seize its value. The Yisoyed of Amunah is al-derech, the concept of Moichin, the Abba, that's deeper than Moichin Dim. Why is that represented by Matzah? Because the child begins to say, Father, when he eats grain, the Gemara says in Brachas, that's a physical child with a physical, biological father. There's something about the grain, the oatmeal, the kasha, the farino, the challah, the bread, that the baby starts eating at a young age that develops or demonstrates or is connected to some form of conscious development where I could say the word Abba. In that word Abba, you have everything. My father, my mother. Can the baby explain it in an ordinary fashion? No. But it's all there in Abba. That's called Katnus, as he puts it, it's called Katnus Abba. Meaning, that connection that is extremely profound could be somehow articulated and expressed in words. By Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, the Jewish people were told to eat matzah. Matzah is the tam dug in the tam of grain, but not regular chametz. Matzah represents, as he says, bitl. It's not inflated. It doesn't ferment. It's not leaven. So just like the child says Abba, and it's not processed through das, he doesn't know, he can't explain it. What does it mean, Father? Why do you say Tati? Maybe this one is Tati. What does Tati mean? What does Tati represent? What does Tati do? How did he become your Tati? <laughs> I can't, the child can't do that. But nonetheless, the connection is there, and it's a very, very deep connection. This represents something that is in Hadaz, the way it's accessed in a child's, in a child's world, through the word Abba. So that relationship is one that's deeper, deeper than an organized intellectual structure. And it comes out just in that word Abba through the Dagan. And that's what the Matzah introduced by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim into the Jewish people. And that's what introduces every year that Michl de Mehemnosa. That's the Mikra Kodesh of Pesach where it accesses what we call moichen, the Abba, and it's something that's eaten. It's digested. But that's the real reason why the Gemara says in Psachim, Bala marer lo yotza. Bala matza yotza. If you swallow matza, you were yotza. If you swallowed mar, you weren't yotza. Why? Because mar, you have to feel the tam. Matza, you don't have to feel the tam. What's the difference? That's the difference of moichen, the Abba, moichen, the Ima. Matzah, you don't have to feel the tam. That's not about the feeling of the taste and the flavor. Tam also means the reason. Bala matzah, you swallowed matzah, you were yotz. Isn't it mikra kaddish? Mikra means you have shatless teeth. 
Yeah, that's Yom Tov. That's why Yom Tov is called Mikra Kodesh. And Yom Tov is Simcha. You're right. So that's why there's a certain component. Yeah. But that Moichin Da'im is not to be divorced from Moichin Da'abba, with the Hanos from something separate. I say, Leis Machshavet Fisabe. But that Gufa, yeah, is accessed in the world of Hana as much as a person can access that within Metzius. As much as a person can access that within Metzius. The Tainuk of Yom Tov is not a Tainuk from Adav and Nifrit, from separation. That's always distractions. The greatest Tainuk of Yom Tov is when it's connected to Shabbos, when it's Mikri Kaidash. It's a calling of Shabbos. It's like calling the name of somebody. What's the, what's the parallel? At the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, they tasted gum and went straight to the Abba. Abba, they could see. Where was the Mothali? What's the parallel? Okay, we'll soon see. We'll soon see. V'hinei hamshachas meichin da'aba b'matzah e'en ele belayla harishin. The meichin da'aba. Abba. My father. Which came into the matzah e'en ele belayla harishin. It's on the first night. From there and further, Hagam Diksiv Matzas Ye Ochel as Shiva Sayamim Upirish. Shetzorich la Hachil as Kol Zayin Hayamim Shiyunis Zayin and Ubchinas Abba. The Possek says in Parshas Bo, it's a very interesting expression. Those who say the four Parshas in the morning, Kadesh Vayakiviachel, so you say it every day. The end of Parshas Bo. Shivas Yomim Teichel Matzas, Uvayoyim Hashvi Chag Lashem. You should eat seven. Moshe is telling the Jewish people for all generations, Matzas Yei Ochel Eis Shivas Yomim. It's a unique expression in Chumash. Shivas Yomim Teichel Matzas is direct. Seven days you should eat Matzas. Uvayoyim Hashvi and Shvi Shal Pesach is a Yom Tov. Matzas Yei Ochel Eis Shivas Yomim. Matzis should be eaten. So we say matzis should be eaten for the seven days. It doesn't say eat matzah, you should eat matzah. Matzis should be eaten in the seven days. And it doesn't say matzis yeachal bishivas yamim. Shivas yamim yeachal matzis. Matzis yeachal es shivas yamim. So the Balatanya teaches you have to take matzah and you have to feed the seven days with matzah. Matzis ye achel as shiva sayamim. Not only you should eat matzah seven days, he's saying something deeper. The seven days have to be fed by matzah, not matzis ye achel bishiva sayamim. A shiva sayamim, the seven days have to be fed by matzah. Why? Seven days represent the seven middas. The seven middas, which are chesed, gvur, teferis, netzachayd, yisayd, malchus. Middas is always the child of the mother. Children are born from a mother, not from a father. The father makes an important contribution. But the mother gives birth. Eim habonim, smecha. And that's where simcha comes from. Because middays, the seven middays represent personal relevance. Without meichin de'ima, there's no personal relevance. Without something relating to me, there's no emotion. All emotion, what does middays represent? An idea becoming relevant. It becomes my value. 
It becomes important to me. I feel this is the right thing for me. In Midas itself, they could be more abstract, more tangible, but all of Midas is the translation of ideas into personal relevance. It becomes a value. When you say, I feel this is the right thing, that's called a midda. That's a value. That happens when you appreciate something, an element of moichin de'imah. The seven days, the seven middas have to be fed with matzah. The seven days themselves have to be fed. Not just you should eat matzah for seven days. In other words, all of Bina and Midas always have to be fed by the bittel of Moichen the Abba. The bittel of Shabbos. The bittel of Asaga. Don't think that in the world of Bina, in the world of Simcha, in the world of Midas, you divorce it from Shabbos. The ultimate, the ultimate truth is that, that the ultimate truth of Chachma, the ultimate truth of Bittel, must inform and enlighten and inspire the human condition. Yiddishkeit is not doesn't operate on two distinct levels of consciousness. There's the place of Meichen Abba, there's the place of Meichen Ime, and the two don't meet. No. The concept is, leis machshavet there's no machshavet, could be teufus. And the moment there's machshavet, it's already not it. <laughs> and the moment there's oir, it's already not it. Because oir and choshech are identical. But then the objective is, that there should be a concept of mikri kodesh, matzah, atinik, ain atinik yedeh likris abba, that in the world of the tinik, in the world of the child, there should be something that's lamailam in adas, which is the abba when he says abba, which is a relationship that's beyond us. And yet he experiences it on some level. As he says the word abba, that's what matzah is. So that's the connection between moichin the abba of matzah, the abba, into the person's system, into the person's life. So the Meich and Abba itself is Balai Laharish. When is the Chi of Tit Matzah the first night? Avil Misham Ve'elech. Hagam Dixiv Matzah Siachel is Shiva Sayamim. Upidish. Shetzarech Lahachel. Es Kol Zayin Ayamim Shiyun Ezeinon Mchinas Abba. You have to feed all the seven days. They should be nourished from Abba. The Tainug of a person, the Hano of a person, the Simch of a person should come from the Bittel. That's where the simcha comes from. The real simcha comes from bittel. That a person can appreciate that even though you'll say, in real bittel there's no simcha. That's true. <laughs> That's why Shabbos is not simcha. Shabbos is oinik. But then there's the nekuda of yomtif. That from the bittel comes simcha. Not from anything else. Simcha doesn't come from a distraction of the bittel. It comes gufer from that bittel. From that oneness. O kanoidim is svira. Like we see in the svira saim. Shabbat harishin. The first week of Svir Sa'imer is connected to the seven dimensions of Meichin the Abba. What do we mean? That the Chachma, the brain, the element of Chachma is communicated in all seven Midas. That's Matzas Ye Achil Sayama. The first time around, the Isr Chametz was only one day. As the Gemara says in Pesachim Tzadik Vav, he said in the beginning of the Maimer, that the first Pesach was only one day. The Gemara learns it out from the Pesach. 
Only one day was an Isser Chametz. The rest of the days, theoretically, you can eat Chametz, which is fascinating. You're telling us in Parshas Boy right after Yitzhiya Shmitzrayim, no Chametz for seven days. But the first time around, there was no issue. One day and that's it. Lama Nigara, as they said, Lama Nigara, it's not fair. Usually, we're commemorating what happened the first time. This didn't even happen the first time. So there's something very strange here. The first time around, the issue is one day. First day of Pesach, Chametz was also. That's it. The night of Pesach and the day of Pesach. The day they left Mitzrayim. The next day, they can eat Chametz. The next day, they can eat Chametz. The whole Pesach that we have, they didn't have. Now we'll understand something stranger. Which connects to his first question in the Maimah. When we say, by the Seder, you're going to pick up your matzah. And you're going to say, this matzah that we're eating, why are we eating it? Because our forefathers didn't have time to let the dough ferment and rise. They had to hack it at in the oven swiftly because they were being expelled from Egypt. The Egyptians were telling them, Arois, get out. In Yiddish probably, Arois, Arois. So Bemela, they didn't have time. So you took the dough, you made it, you kneaded the dough, you put it in the oven. Yala, Megate. And zman, chaval al zman. No time, right? That's why we're eating matzah. Ask the Balatanya, what do you mean? That's not why we're eating matzah. Let's say that wouldn't have happened. Let's say they did give them time. Let's say they gave them a week, a month. We still would have to eat matzah. There was a mitzvah to eat matzah the night of Pesach, bear of Teichel matzahs. They themselves ate matzah the night before. Together with the carbon Pesach, they ate matzah, mar, and Pesach. Even if that wouldn't have happened. The question is deeper. Let's say the Egyptians would not rush them. How could they bake chametz? There was an Isra chametz the first day of Pesach. The day that they left Mitzrayim, they couldn't bake chametz because they weren't allowed to have chametz the first day. So they would anyway have to eat matzah. Let's say the Egyptians would say you have all the time in the world. We said that the Isra chametz went for one day, the first day of Pesach. So there's something off here. So the pshat is, the Pshat is what he said right in the beginning of the Maimah, right in the beginning before he got into the whole Hezbollah. And now he comes back to it. The Pshat is that Guf is the Vart. The Easter was only one day. So the second day Pesach, they would have eaten Chametz. The third day Pesach, they would have eaten Chametz. But because the Egyptians chased them out, so the only thing they could take out of Mitzrayim was Matzah. So now day two, three, four, five, six... They were eating matzah by default. The mitzvah was taka the first day. But Pasha, the second day, they could have eaten. Already Mitzvah, the first day, they could have had a pizza party. How they could have done it? Because if they would keep the dough unattended, they would become homes of America. Ah, yeah, that's the vart. In other words, if the Egyptians wouldn't chase them already for the, the night of after Tesvav, they can already eat chametz. Because like his speak with Sakhashlavasanullah. So therefore, when they left, they only left with matzah. And because they only left with matzah, 
So therefore, what did they eat day two? What did they eat day three in the desert? Before the man came. Later the man came down. But before the manna came down, right? After Pesach. The man came down only in the middle of ear. But till then they were eating their food. Which food did they have? They couldn't have chametz. Why? Because they baked all this matzah. Just like we bake our matzah before and we keep it. And matzah doesn't get. Matzah is a good food for the Sinai desert. That's why, that's the whole history of the Sakhashlava That's why night two and night three and day four they had chametz. They didn't have chametz, they had matzah. For seven days they ate only matzah. They, they didn't have chametz. For seven days they ate matzah, but not because they were commanded. Because like hispic. <laughs> so what, what happens by us? So Hashem says, ooh. The first day, Taka, they didn't eat chametz because they weren't allowed to. The second day they didn't eat chametz because they didn't have. Like hispic. By us, all the seven days is because we're not allowed to. What does this mean? What did they bake matzah? The, the night of Pesach? They didn't have time. They had to bake matzah, Erev Pesach, at some point, or the night of Pesach. And the rest for the rest of the week. Of, uh... But then it says that when they were, they wanted to prepare food for departure, for departure, right? Did they bake it right there before they departed? Yeah, obviously. So then what's the way you speak? No, they, no when, they, when they got to the first location... They got the sticks in the oven, but there wasn't a outlet. There was a revelation of Melchimach and Melchim. So they couldn't rise. It says, They couldn't procrastinate. Right? They it right there. Yeah, exactly. What hour? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. No, it says clearly they were expelled from Egypt. If they were baking it in the desert, then they could bake hobbits. Nobody's expelling them. The point is, they were doing it in Mitzrayim, where they had the ovens. Where they have ovens in the desert? Didn't they bring Seor with themselves? Didn't they go out with Seor, but not with bread? Didn't they have the predicate for bread, Seor? Sourdough. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not bread. Doesn't Rashi say that? Because he addressed the fact that they went out with Seor. Or maybe it was made by some. A couple weeks ago? I don't know, I, have to, I don't remember. Could be. Yeah, for later you're saying, that they use later. Could be. The point we're making is the Haggadah says, I'm not saying big chidushim, you say it every year in the Haggadah. Right? <laughs> right? They had to bake and run. So Mel, they took out matz. Let's understand the Hezbe though. So he says, Azad. Pesach Mitzrayim, Einin Noyeg Isser Achamitz Eloyim Achad Bulvat. And Pesach Mitzrayim, the Isser applied for one day. Why? Lefi, there was one component that they had. Shahoyu Meisha Va'aran. They had there with them Meisha Naden. Shem Shneim Ibchinis Abba. Moshe and Adam, both of them were Abba. Meaning they lived in a state of Abba, which is Chachma. Moshe says about him and Aaron a few times in Chumash, V'nachnu Mo. V'nachnu Mo. What are we? What's Fat V'nachnu Mo? What are we? Literally, it means, what are we? What do you think? We're trying to, to control you? Again, Aaron Mahu. A few to three times. 
Al pipnimi is venachnu ma chachma is koyach ma. Chof ches mem hey koyach ma. It's the koyach of what? To ask what? It's also the concept of ma. Ma represents wonder. It's not an answer, it's a question. Ma, what? Chachem mahu oimer. What's ma? Ma is what? It's the wonder. It's a koyach, yeah, you say on this koyach, ma, what is it? It's never concrete. It's never tangible. It's the intangible. It's the inquisitive and the curiosity to that which is beyond me, which allows for the epiphany. Koyach is not something that, koyach ma is not something that you could concretize. It's the koyach on which you always say ma. So Bemela, Moshe, and Aaron represent ma. When we say the matzah, matzah zesha anu oichlim al shum ma is not only a question, it's also an answer. Matzah zesha anu oichlim, this matzah that we eat, al shum ma. It's because of ma. It's for chachma, moichin da abba. Matzah zusha anu oichlim is not al shum ma, why? Al shum ma, it's because of ma. Mas 45 is Begematria Adam. It's Koyach Mas. Chachmas, the first, from, first, first formulation of Yutke Vavke in full letters creates 45. So you had Moshe and Aaron there. Shem Shneim, Ibchinis Ab. Vilayomish Amud Ha'onon, Anon Ada Aaron, Tahainu Ibchinis Makifayab. The Pasuk says that the Amud Ha'onon, the cloud, the pillar of cloud, never departed from them. And the clouds surrounded them, Chazal say, the clouds surrounded them from all sides, seven sides, all four sides, top, bottom, and in front of them. And this was Anon the Aaron. It's known as the cloud of Aaron. The Zoya puts it as the cloud of Aaron. The Gemara says it came beschust Aaron, Ananiya Kavit. It's called Anon the Aaron. Ki Ayin, the Pasuk says, that Ayin Ba'ayin, Atonira Aleim, you appear to them with this cloud. Nira is also Isis Aaron. Nira is Isis Aaron, Tanana Da'an and Dainubchinis Makifayaba, which represents what's called the Makif of Abba, like the clouds which surrounded them. The cloud, it said, killed the snakes and scorpions in the midbar. So literally, it means to let them travel. You have snakes and scorpions, it's very dangerous. The clouds got rid of them, so it blazed, it created a path. It trailblazed the path for the Jews to travel. On a deeper level, it means, The makif of iron, the makif of chachma, the chachma which encompassed them, it destroyed. Makif is mesami, it blinds the eyes of the chitzayinim, meaning, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be, the external forces shouldn't be able to nurture. And therefore harm a person. So the moich in the Abba, the matzah, the first night of Pesach sufficed because you had moich and Aaron who represented moich in the Abba. And whenever there's moich in the Abba, there's never a concern of egotism, of a yinika of the ego because it remains always focused on the nekuda of bittel. Yeshes, always begins in Moichin de Ima, when it's divorced from Moichin de Abba. Even though Moichin de Ima is godly, but it's already the godliness the way I get it. I understand it. And the moment it translates it, it translates into the concretization of the first yesh, even the highest yesh. Ultimately, over there, light and darkness, even if they're so far away, are not so far away. 
Because from the highest Metzius will ultimately come the lowest Metzius. When Metzius is not connected to that which is beyond Metzius. So whenever there is Moichin the Abba in revelation and manifestation, there's never a Yenike, there's never distortions. When a person is aligned with Moichin the Abba and Moichin the Imis feeding off it, there's no distortions, there's no crookedness. When Meichin Abba is divorced and Metzius takes over, even if it starts as a spiritual experience, ultimately it can end up in hedonism because you're not attuned with the truth that's deeper than I. So even the highest levels of Meichin Ima can ultimately produce a Yenike. What's a Yenike? A Yenike is the Chitzonim, the external forces could nurture from it. That's why sometimes the most spiritual people can fall into the lowest places. Because their meichin the imma is divorced from their meichin the abba. And it's completely not a contradiction. Because they're only ready to grasp God through mitzias, not through not mitzias. The lace machshavet fisabe, no, no, no. My machshav is going to be typhus. The moment my machshav is typhus, even if it's all around spirituality, but it's ultimately the ego comes into play. Very spiritual, very high, very lofty. But ultimately, the worm has crept in. And once the worm has crept in, it can translate into many, many, <laughs> can manifest itself and already go through a transition. But there's, there's that worm that crept in. What is chametz? Chametz is egotism. Chametz is the exact opposite of matzah. Exact opposite of matzah. Matzah is a gilu of meich and the ab of bittel. Matzah is flat. Matzah is non-inflated. Matzah is tasteless. Matzah is the grain, is the food that the child eats, that the Jew eats as a child, that allows him to experience Abba. What type of Abba? The Abba that's beyond Das, the Abba of Amuna, the Abba of the child. That Abba you experience. That's Matzah. Chametz is the exact opposite. The first time Pesach around, they had Moshe and Aaron. With Moshe and Aaron, the Isra Chametz could be the first night, the first day, and a mitzvah of Matzah. For generations, there's a mitzvah. <laughs> the mitzvah is seven days you gotta eat matzah. They didn't have that mitzvah. Fascinating. It says matzah yachel shiva seven. Comes the Gemara and says it says sheishes yomim teichel matzah. Then it says shiva yomim. So what does the Gemara say? Call davar shari bechlal v'yotzim and aklal alamad alamad atzmi yotzim lamad alkal kula yotzim. Just like the seventh day is not an obligation, because it says eat matzah six days, the six days are also not an obligation. The main obligation is if you want to eat bread, on Beisach it can't be chametz. You don't have to eat matzah, besides the first night. In other words, what's the mitzvah not to eat matzah? The mitzvah is not to eat chametz. Because a Jew has to eat. So Mela, you say, if you want to eat bread, you got to eat matzah. But there's no mitzvah to eat matzah in the other days of Pesach. There's a mitzvah to eat matzah the first night of Pesach. So you have an interesting thing. The Torah says eat matzah seven days, but he says the main thing is it shouldn't be chametz. Why? Because that's the word. That there shouldn't be a yinika. There shouldn't be the chitzoinim shouldn't get. Shouldn't, there shouldn't be chametz the other days of Pesach. In other words, there shouldn't be the separation between meichin da'ab and meichin dima. Aval matzah meichin da'ab, da'i b'lai l'arishin, be'erif teich l'matzah she'kavay ha'chosuf chayvah. Ki yoyma mitzavah Hashem chazdoi. Pasuk says in Tehillim. 
By day, God commands his kindness. So the Zoyer says it should have said, What's Yoimom? There's the day that goes with all the days, which is Anon, the iron, the cloud of Anon, the Ksiv, Aaron represented Midas HaChesed and Chesed, Ozil, it says, Ozil Kula It goes with all the days. Sunday impacts all the days of the week. Chesed is ultimately the source of all the Midas. All the Midas are about attachment, about love, about connection. Even Gvurit, Tiferis, Netzachayd, Yisayd, Malchus are all based on Chesed. So Yoimem Yitzava Hashem Chazda. That's the concept of Aaron. Yoimem the Ozil Kula That's Anana the Aaron. So he says, the main thing is what happens the first day. The first day is the Hamshachas of Abba into Chesed. That's the first day of Pesach. Once that happens, that's the Iker Moichad Abba. Now you have to make sure the other days you don't eat chametz. They don't become disconnected. That's the main thing. But the matzah is the first night. That's when it happens. The next days, the main thing is eat matzah, but not so much to eat matzah, not to eat chametz. The first year around, they didn't have to... They didn't have to have a prohibition. But did they eat chametz the first year around? No. Why didn't they eat chametz? Lohispik. <laughs> they didn't need a mitzvah. Sinisht <laughs> The Katsuki Rebbe said, I don't want my chassidim shouldn't sin because they don't want to sin. I want they shouldn't sin. <laughs> I want they shouldn't sin they shouldn't have time to sin. What, what did he mean? <laughs> They shouldn't have time. Like his big betzakas of a sin. Where do you have time for yeshes? You have Moshe and Aaron, you have Moshe and Abba. Where do you have an opportunity for yeshes? You didn't have to have a mitzvah. A mitzvah means that you have to be commanded. If you're not commanded, it's not shayach. You may, you may not do it. You're having the halacha. The mitzvah of having children is a mitzvah on men, not on women. The mitzvah to have children, pru or vu, is a mitzvah on a man. The Gemara says, Ein ha'isha A woman is not commanded to have children. No, you think this makes sense? A man is commanded to have children. A woman is not commanded to have children. So I once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said like this. He said, mitzvah means it's something you have to be commanded. That by a mother, by a woman, children, it's who she is. She doesn't have to be commanded. The relationship between a mother and children is so deep. It's who she is. Her system, from a very young age, is designed every single month to have a child. The yearning for children, the desire for children is innate. It's not begetting a mitzvah. Not because she doesn't have a mitzvah, because it's deeper than a mitzvah. <laughs> I don't command you to breathe, right? This is who I am. I know there are exceptions, especially when there's uh, a lot of other challenges. But generally, the feminine relationship with the child is different. Men, you know, they can go into the cave. <laughs> the word rechem, which is a womb, comes from the word rachem, compassion. The maral says rechem comes from the word rachem. The womb, the woman carries, and even when she doesn't, the cycle of blood every month is because... 
the womb is destined to carry, and when it dissolves, because there's no child, it creates the cycle of blood. In other words, biologically, she's connected to a child, to a new generation. Men, God says, you gotta have children. <laughs> Come out of your cave, stop texting, and have children. Because in, organically, they don't necessarily feel it, and they could run away, where, you know, men are different. So the gather of a mitzvah means, you're detached, so I have to command you. That's pshat. Mitzvahs p'teilus la'asid lover. It says, mitzvahs will be bottle la'asid lover. What's his? Torah won't be changed. It won't be a gather of a mitzvah. <laughs> this is who you are. It's not a gather of a mitzvah. The first year of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, there was no mitzvah not to have chametz seven days. This is who they were. You don't need a mitzvah. With Moshe and Aaron, what's a mitzvah? <laughs> He says, today, he says, no chametz seven days. Aval matzah, ma'ya. V'hinei nimtzah. It was before matan teira, but it was Pesach. Man. The mitzvahs of chametz and matzah were before matan teira. Well, these mitzvahs were given in Mitzrayim, yeah. The seder, carbon Pesach, matzah, it's all Mitzrayim, yeah. Ha'chaydesh ha'zalachem, we just read Pajos ha'chaydesh. These are the mitzvahs before matan teira, yeah. Okay, continue tomorrow. Not because you came in, because the time is up. Like his pick, like his pick. Makif Masami Eini Hachitsoinim. That's an expression from the writings of uh, Zohar and Ariza. Makif is a type of light that encompasses, makif literally means surrounds, like the clouds encompass the Jewish people. Whenever there's an ur makif, which is a higher light that is infinite, it's not internalized. Makif means it's not internalized in my vessels, it encompasses me. Misame, it blinds the eyes of the external forces. Makif, misame, eneachitzayin. Whenever there's an ur makif, it blinds, the eyes of the external forces, meaning an erpnimi, when the air is limited, ultimately different f- f- different creatures can nurture from it, including parasites. But an air that's beyond, they have no access to it. You understand? From bina, they have access because it's yesh. But chachma, they have no access to because it's bittel. Chachma will never be distorted. Bittel is never, it's not distorted. It can't be manipulated. Why can't it be manipulated? Because it always remains connected to that place. People who are attached to Moich and the Abba, you could never manipulate them. And they'll never manipulate anybody else, of course. Because they're, they're aligned with the place where the eye is one with the source. The Hest? Was? You have to feed the seven days, huh? Why? Narcissism? Yeah. Oh, you have to be Michael the Shiva Sayama. You have to give all the Midas the Moich and the Abba, the, the Abba, the taste of Abba. 
Everything, everything is faket. Everything here is faket. One second, yeah. When, but, but question, the night follows the day. No. So we say that the first day there's Isha Chomets. Are we talking about the Dalit? This is not Kachim. The Isha Chomets. The Isha Chomets didn't have to do with Kachim only. It was Noyag Yoimachad. Yoimachad means the night of Pesach and the first day of Pesach, which is Tesvav Nisan. But the next night they can eat chametz. But because they didn't have a chance to bake chametz, it couldn't, it couldn't become chametz. They weren't commanded. Didn't have a chance. There was such a gilu, nigla malach malchem lachem. It couldn't become chametz. They didn't have, you don't have to tell them. It can't become. It's the 14th of the afternoon. They were allowed to eat chametz. Huh? The 14th of the afternoon that, that I, year they were technically allowed to eat chametz. I think so. That's an interesting question. You want to know before the Seder? Did they have a Seder in Israel? Yeah, they had a Seder in Israel the first night. The night before they left, they had a Seder. Carbon Pesach with the blood on the door, of course. Yeah. It could have been that they ate Pesach in their Shalom, came back, and then they, they, had, to, they, they had to flee. So... I didn't have time to bake it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Eminot, yeah? It says after 120 years, based on Shalmala, he asked questions. The question is, did he try to have children? It also says, Kavate Itim Lutaira. No. They don't have to engage in business. The question about children doesn't apply to female. Probably did he help your husband? Goals when they reach puberty and they don't become pregnant, they become depressed, they don't need unless they get pregnant. How do you know? Yeah, you raised goats? Huh? How many goats? You raised goats. So you're saying when the, when female goats reach puberty and they don't become pregnant, they will, they get depressed. They won't eat. Interesting. What else don't they do? They're just, uh, they're in a bad mood. Huh? Really? Psst. Interesting. Huh? He raised goats. She so says female goats, when they reach the age of puberty and they're not getting pregnant, they go into a depression. They'll stop eating. And their whole life, they like, they lose interest in life. You got in the video, the Rebbe's car came back. You got in the video. Das is the Rebbe's car. Yeah, this is, this is what happens to books. Very interesting. But this is a very deep vart. It doesn't make sense. Who should be commanded on Periyavirivya? What do we do already? <laughs> Women are the ones that have mysterious nefesh for it. They don't get a mitzvah. We get the mitzvah. They don't get the mitzvah. It's a strange thing. <laughs> it's our mitzvah. They're the ones who have to carry the baby, give birth to the baby, all the labor pains. What's the above the mitzvah? If we have to be commanded because we are... So that's the vart. The vart is not that they don't get that, that they're not connected to the mitzvah. It's much deeper than a mitzvah. This is their etzah mitzvah. This is who they are. Uh, this is who they are. They're, 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 they're very mitzvah. 
You see, Rachel tells Yaakov, right, if without children, Mesa Anoichi, I'm dead. Huh? We, we have to be taught that there's a relationship, you got to have family, we got to be domesticated, yeah, we got to be domesticated. Kept home and taught that you have relationships. It's not simple. We like to, you know, you see, you see it practically. I mean, with feminism, a lot of the boundaries have been blurred. But for thousands of years, you can't compare the, the connection between a mother and children to other, anybody else. It's just, uh, you know, today you're not allowed to say any of this, but uh, truth is truth. <laughs> Look at your wives. It doesn't mean every woman in the world... It doesn't mean it doesn't mean every woman in the world, of course, especially there's women, you know, there's mental challenges and there's stress and there's illness. Of course, we know that. Huh? We know. And then there's men who are unbelievable saints and angels and then mothers and so forth. But generally, biologically and throughout all of there's there's a difference, yeah. There's a, there's a, the woman carries the child, she has Messias Nefesh for the child. It's it's it's, it's her very Mitsias is connected to it. Huh? Having kids. All she is is having kids. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. That I wouldn't say. No, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a right thing to say. When a woman doesn't have children, it affects them in a completely different way. Yeah. One of the mistakes. Feminism had some good results, but one of its greatest mistakes was that it robbed millions of women. Women from this appreciation of who they are naturally. In the corporate world, yes. And it was a terrible mistake they did. It was an injustice done to women. Terrible crime done to women. They didn't even know it happened. They took, they took away from them one of their greatest gifts of happiness, of, of, of simcha sachayim, of tainuk. And then, and then and, and they get older. You know, they're in the corporate world. They're judges and lawyers and real estate managers. And it's, it's wonderful. Women, if they want to work, great. And make a lot of money and be very successful. But they took away from them an innate understanding that all their mothers and grandmothers had for thousands of years, even in the primitive world. And then it's their 60, and they look around. I mean, I've, I've heard from quite a few people. Huh? Not just depressive, bitter. Bitter. Very bitter, yeah. Very, very bitter. And, 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 and sometimes they're not honest about it. So the bitterness is manifested in all types of ways that are really contrary to what they're bitter about. And it's very sad. It's very sad because they're really supposed to be mamas, mothers. <laughs> there was a magazine called The Moment Magazine. It was like Moment, yeah. It's a Jewish magazine a little more. Yeah. So uh, some liberal writers. So I saw once they interviewed a Satmer, a Satmer woman. <laughs> And she's in her, uh, you know, nightgown, <laughs> running in the kitchen, making her, her, her kugel, whatever she was doing. So some, this interviewer came to her house and said, are you jealous? <laughs> are you jealous of other women? Eight o'clock in the morning, they leave the house with an attaché case. They're dressed up. Eight o'clock, they're out of the house. They put in a full day work. They're respected. They come home. They make a beautiful salary. And here you are with kids nonstop, doctors and headaches and viruses and school buses and the lives. Baruch Hashem, she had 14 kids. So she looks and she says, jealous? Jealous? You're crazy? Do you know that Friday night around my table there are 64 people 
children and grandchildren, because, you know, they're all married young, 64 people who worship me. <laughs> she have 64 people who worship me. She says, jealous? I'm not jealous. <laughs> she says, that woman doesn't have 64 people who worship her. <laughs> Problem got worse today with the gender identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's It's your calling. Your your very system cries out for it. Huh? Being a nurturer, a giver. A woman is a nurturer. She's a giver. She's a mother. And those who can't have. I've there are those who can't have, and there are those who are infertile. It's not poshet. It's a tremendous nesayan, tremendous challenge. And sometimes people can't have, biologically, emotionally. I'm not answering the question now of tragedy. There's mothers who never, women who never had children. We know that. It's a difficult challenge. It's, it's a tremendous challenge. That's why you'll see women go on a serious nefesh to have a child. Rachel told Yaakov, She called herself dead. Why would she say that? She was saying something. She called herself dead. Why why do you say that to Yaakov? Yeah? Chana wanted a child. Her husband says, I'm better than ten children. You have me. She didn't buy it. (laughs) She went to the Mishkan, to Shiloh. To Eli, yeah, and she davened, and he thought she was drunk, and she had a baby, Shmuel Anavi. But it teaches you something about, uh, now you're asking, there's people who don't, yeah. It's one of the great challenges, like, like many other challenges that people have. Men naturally don't want to have a commitment. Men naturally run away from commitment much more, yeah. They have to be trained, they have to be domesticated, they have to be... Uh, they need a mitzvah. They need a mitzvah. <laughs> it's called a mitzvah. <laughs> a mitzvah. So the Balatanya, this is the word. He says the first generation, they didn't need a mitzvah for seven days, no chametz. They were in the place, but there was already no chametz. They couldn't have a chance to become chametz, Dick. There was too much truth to become chametz. In our times, we don't have that level of truth. Manifested, so you have to say, don't eat chametz. Verstehst? Huh? First man is a bildechaya, and then he needs to be, become a kosher animal. The mystic. In the first generation, with so much truth, we could you become chametz? Huh? You're in the presence of Moshe and Aaron. So chametz zichnisht. So chametz zichnisht. It's not uh, today. You have to say no chametz. The chitzonim didn't have any nourishment from. Yeah, the chitzonim represents the ego, the ego, the chitzonius of the world. Chitzonim means the chitzonius of the world, the outside, the superficiality of the world. Like the Reb said before, that um, wanted to tell them to be so busy, not to. Yeah, that was a cute word. Be nothing to be able to grab onto them. Where do you have time to sin? Forget, uh, where do you have time to sin? People speak about Lashon Hara. Where do you have time to speak Lashon Hara? Where do you have time? 
Where do you have time to sit for half an hour? Speak Lashon. Where do you get the time? I wish you can give me that half an hour. Where do people have time for it? There was once a rabbi, a big rabbi. So he, he came. He said something against the Lubavitcher Rebbe publicly, and then he realized he made a mistake. So he apologized to him, <laughs> and he said that he hopes that the Rebbe didn't carry a kpeda on him. You know, a kpeda like a. A grudge and feel negative to him and some kasrushal. So the Rebbe said, <laughs> I don't have time to have carry grudges against people. <laughs> so that's the one like his speak. They didn't have time. We didn't have time for chametz. We lost the tzayt for chametz. Yeah, that he wouldn't say. <laughs> you're right. They, because they were slaves, you're saying, they didn't have an ego. They didn't have an ego. But you're in the presence of Moshe, so you don't become Chametz. That's his word. You're in the presence of Moshe and Aaron. He didn't let you become Lohispik. He didn't have a chance to become Chametz. When you're in the presence of Moshe and Aaron, in the clouds of Aaron and in the presence of Moshe, they were Chachma. So they empowered people. They, they, people saw themselves in that way. Had ten months of uh, freedom now also, right? Uh-huh. They had had ten months of freedom, I think. Now, from yeah, from Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara says that Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Batla, we say Avoda, yeah, from Rosh Hashanah. No, when they went into the midbar, when they went into the midbar, they had clouds. It says Lo Yomish Amud Ha'anan Yoimam, right? The Amud Anan didn't leave them. And the pillar of fire at night, and there was a pillar of a cloud. That says in Chumash. And that's called the cloud of Aram. Then we also know that the cloud surrounded them from all sides. That doesn't say clearly. No, the night of Pesach, they were in Egypt. But the day of Pesach, they left. They left Egypt. Yeah, as they journeyed out. It says in Parshas B'Shalach. That the cloud carried them, yeah. That cloud represents the cloud of Aaron, Chesed encompassing them, which is the first day of Pesach, the way Chachm is communicated in Chesed, and once it's communicated in Chesed, it already impacts all the other days, all the other six days. So you don't need a special mitzvah. What did Aaron do so special in his time? Aaron. He was a lover, a lover of Israel. Oyev Shalom, of Shalom. That's maybe after. He wasn't inside. What was no, he, he was a Navi. He was a. He was a good man. He was a good man. Ah? Loved Hashem's children. Yeah. Aaron, probably. Aaron. Amram. The Ramam says Amram was a god Lador. Thank you so much. You mean initially when they came, Yehuda? But it says that Amram was the God of Hadar. I mean, so Yehuda established this. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. ish chasidecha. It says about Aaron. Tumecha v'urecha ish chasidecha.
the Tumim and the Urim goes to the Ish of Chasidecha. So the Zoyar says that Kayanim, Aaron, comes from Chesed. Ish Chasidecha. That's the connection of Aaron to Chesed. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.